Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a treat today. Welcome back to the Garden Culture Podcast with me, Bailey Van Tassel. And I interview Erin from eartheasy.com and we get to hear this incredible story about Erin's upbringing off the grid on a tiny island in the Pacific Northwest and how his parents sort of following a little bit of the back to land movement in the 70s really led to this incredible online venture that now serves millions of people and helps them learn how to live sustainably and off the grid with a ton of great resources and education. Aaron is such a, such a cool guy. And I just love what they are pursuing. The story is phenomenal. I cannot wait for you guys to dig in. Hello, Aaron. How are you? I am doing really well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. I am super excited to chat with you today because there's like a couple questions. I always map them out in advance that I just feel like you're going to be able to answer for us that are so dynamite. I'm just really excited. Excellent. First and foremost, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit, who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Aaron and I am uh, one of the partners of earthyz.com. And we're a small family-owned gardening business that's primarily online. And yeah, I uh, kind of manage the e-commerce side of things for our uh, our company. I love that you define EarthEasy as a gardening business. And I would love to hear more about sort of how you guys got going in that direction and why you define it as such. Yeah, so there's definitely a um, an evolution that started with a uh, kind of crash course in off-grid organic gardening that uh, my parents um, found themselves in back in the back in the 70s and, and 80s and yeah it's kind of how we grew up and how uh, we learned to kind of live off-grid in the middle of nowhere basically and it kind of evolved into this business okay wait sorry I have to interrupt you because I really well, am so Tell me more about this. So you guys grew up, is this from like birth until a certain amount of time? Were we talking full off grid? Like paint the picture for us. Yeah. I mean, it's a lifelong uh, journey and, uh, you know, the way that I I grew up and the lifestyle that I was born into um, is the lifestyle that my my parents are still living. And my my brother actually is my business partner. He's still still living, uh, which is off grid on a small island in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, gardening and and basically living off the land as much as you can, but uh, yeah, it all it all started back in in the seventies when uh, my parents met in San Francisco during during the kind of hippie revolution. And my dad's from Long Island, New York, and had kind of grown up in that fast paced uh, city lifestyle of uh, you know his parents were Madison Avenue ad executives, and he kind of had the experience of of going to the Vietnam War and dealing with all that and. And kind of growing up in corporate America and, and that lifestyle, and and when he met my mom, um, 
in San Francisco, she was from a different background where she grew up in, in the, the country, uh, up in Sacramento and up in the, the rural foothills where her grandfather was a sheriff that, uh, you know, policed the, policed the neighborhood and, and they, you know, grew up hiking and riding horses and were from a very different lifestyle. And I guess my dad was inspired by that. And they, um, kind of made the decision to move up to Canada after the Vietnam war ended. And they were kind of a little bit, uh, kind of done with big cities and, and, uh, and wanted to experience something different. So they ended up moving, uh, up to this very small Island. That's only about 20 miles long, uh, in the Strait of Georgia up in the Pacific Northwest, just a couple hours North of Seattle in British Columbia. And this Island is, um, takes about an hour on a passenger ferry to get to it. And there's no power to the island and there's no, there's no phone lines. There's no, uh, water or, or internet or anything. Uh, and this is back in like 1980. And, um, and so, yeah, they just, they just moved to this cabin in the woods with no road and water access, trail access only. And, uh, just had a big, a big garden in the back backyard. And, uh, and they, they basically had a newborn baby and no, uh, no money and no kind of, uh, uh, no plan other than just live off grid and kind of make it work. And so they kind of just got, got some resources, uh, that they, you know, some, some books and some, uh, some information from neighbors and, and they learned how to do organic gardening and they, they built a really big garden in the backyard with fruit trees and chickens and, uh, Produce garden beds full of all kinds of vegetables, and they managed to basically via gardening and fishing and digging clams and harvesting oysters and hunting and managed to basically live off 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 the land, fully off grid. Uh, and that was kind of the lifestyle that I was born into, grew up in. So, um, you know, we had a really cool. My parents are still there. This beautiful octagon cabin that uh, is um, all kerosene lamps and candles and um you know propane stove uh big wood wood fire kind of amish built uh cook stove that provides the only hot water so you turn the cook you, you know build a fire and it warms the cook stove up and it heats a copper uh, tank full of hot water and that was how you get your water and um it was all just gravity fed lake water from a, a lake in the island and uh yeah the, the nearest phone uh, if, we, if we wanted to make a phone call to our relatives was um, about a 20 minute walk through the woods to a giant old growth cedar tree that um, had these giant big boughs that kind of sheltered underneath, underneath the cedar tree. And you would walk from our, our house to this tree and on the tree was a cedar shake box. And in that cedar shake box was a black rotary telephone. And you'd go and you'd open the, <laughs> the box and you'd take the, telephone and you'd call your relatives and then you'd catch up with them back uh back home and standing uh, under the tree boughs and that was the name of community telephone but that was kind of how rural it was back back there i mean we um no, no roads to the house or anything so that was the the kind of upbringing that we had and um you know I, I, my parents still live on the island my brother actually moved moved back and has his own homestead in the island as well so it's a uh, it's a pretty cool way to live although it is a lot a lot of work <laughs> Oh my yeah. goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how old were you, I guess, when you left that lifestyle, um, and kind of started to blaze your own path personally? Yeah, personally, um, 
I was a teenager when I left the island because there's no um, kind of high school on the island. There's an elementary school. Uh, and uh, my mom was a teacher's assistant at the elementary school. And my dad was running like a you know, wood products company on the island making you know, fuzz gift products and uh, souvenir products uh, from forest materials uh, on the island, like picture frames and boxes and pens and things. Mm-hmm. But uh, at a certain point, um, you need to go to high school and kids on the island, uh, you can't commute over to um, uh, to, to a bigger school because the ferry doesn't run every day. It's, the weather is so unpredictable. That you can't, uh, quite often the ferry can't run because it's too rough. Uh, so we end up having to, my mom and I end up having to move over to uh, the place on Vancouver Island where I could go to go to school and and then ultimately go to university and so forth. Um, yeah, and even now it's quite quite a challenge to go back and visit everyone. It takes um, takes a you know two ferries and you know long 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 drive to get back to the island. But it's uh, definitely very peaceful there. It hasn't changed really since I was a kid because it's still off grid. It still hasn't uh, really evolved a whole lot. I was recently on San Juan Island um, teaching a workshop for a girlfriend who lives there. And it sounds like that's Port Sunday was where we came in on the ferry because she's, I think that's the main port on San Juan Mm -hmm. Island. But, you know, it was this whole like trains, planes, automobiles to get to Mm -hmm. her. And, and that's a fully, they're not off the grid. They're on the grid They're It's a very modern situation, but it's just on this island in the Pacific Northwest, which by the way is breathtakingly, stunningly beautiful. Um, It was really cool to see all of the surrounding islands. So I can visualize where your parents are living to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, totally. And it's super incredible out there. I mean, I guess my question, and and this isn't meant to be, I, I hope it comes off genuinely how I mean it is, are they like the happiest people ever? Like they're just totally like living this off the grid life. Like I feel like nowadays it's very idealized and everyone's sort of romanticized this like total return to just the land. And I think there's so, so much beauty in that, but I imagine it's also, it's a very hard and challenging lifestyle as well with, um, you know, some ups and downs. So I, I mean this in the most like genuinely way. I don't want anything like salacious, but like is it as picturesque as it seems or, or is it, you know, with everything pluses and minuses? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a really, really good question. And I think that question cuts to the heart of gardening in general and off-grid living especially. And it's um, it, it looks on Instagram or in pictures, it looks ridiculously amazing and beautiful idyllic. And it is. It really is. Um and, and and it's funny because I had a half hour phone call with my dad last night and he was like, oh boy, we're so behind on harvesting. We have all the pear trees and the plum trees and the apple trees. We don't even know what to do with all these apples. They're everywhere, you know, apples everywhere. He's, he's, he's happy, but he's a little stressed out because it's harvest season. There's so much work to be done and they, they, they don't even know what to do with, it, with all this. They're trying to can them, try, they're trying to make things, you know, but it's, it's a lot of work. Um, from, from step one when you're, you're planting to, to to the end when you're harvesting it's, it's a tremendous amount of work and it's fun but i guess the thing is the, the bigger your garden or the more involved your off-grid homestead is 
the more work and maintenance uh, it requires. And if you are retired, like my parents are, that's great. You know, that's that's your full time job. And I, I, I say this, this to everybody: like off grid living is a full time job, and and it's constant maintenance, and it's constant work. Whenever I go visit my my parents, I'm helping them repair fence, carry firewood, uh, weed, harvest. Um, you know, fix things that are that are breaking from the solar system to the water system to to um, like you know, my dad was like, "Oh, our, our stove, our, our heaters, the it's finally like you know, after thirty years, it's finally like getting the end of this life. So we need to get a new heater. And because there's no road to the house, and they live up a hill, that means carrying a big metal heater up this hill. You know, first of all, getting it over there in a boat, and getting it into another boat, and getting it up out of the boat, and then up the hill, and then and it's it's a it's a huge project. So yeah, uh, I mean, my uncle actually, my aunt and uncle live on the island as well, and they they've done. The opposite of what my parents have done. They just have a tiny garden and a tiny house, and they spend more more of their time painting and doing crafts and like mm. you know enjoying their free time because they have a very small uh, homestead to take care of. Whereas my my parents and my brother uh, have big homesteads. They have big gardens and mm. lots of fence line and 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 they have chickens and they have you know like a lot mm. more to take care of and it and it requires yeah. a tremendous amount of time. I mean. My, even even my brother was talking talking to him a couple of days ago, and he's like, "One of the chickens didn't come back, so I have to go find it." It's like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's definitely um, you know, nature wants to just reclaim whatever you decide to do, and so if, even if it is planting a few garden beds, there's going to be weeding uh, or rotting, or or if, if you have chickens, there's going to be you know birds and pests trying to get the chickens and and if you've got a plum tree there'll be raccoons trying to get the plums it's like there's just a mm, mm-hmm. yeah so it, well it, and i suppose a, it's very choose your hard right yeah. and uh, the yep. human experience i think is about a little bit of a balance of how do you per- pursue an authentic joy but with that you're going to choose some degree of of hard in that right whether it's yeah i think that can be forgotten sometimes But um, I do think there's also a scientific component of the amount of joy and well-being and mental and physical health that comes with an outdoor pursuit, a very tactical pursuit, um, tactile, excuse me, Uh uh, which is, you know, by your own hands where you really are engaging with nature and and like co-creating and interfacing with the soil that that literally scientifically will make you happy. Um, but Absolutely. you know, too, too much of anything can be too much as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like a really good point. You gotta kind of, you know, pick, pick how much you feel like you can, you can, uh, manage yourself and, and uh, scale up from there. So you're not living on the Island. Um, no. do you do any gardening? Are you, where are you on the, on the spectrum of off grid versus full modern living the crazy life? Yeah, so I um, I have a herb garden, and that brings me a tremendous amount of joy. And uh, I'm I'm living in a small town up in the mountains, and I'm close to um, a farming community. And so I have a weekly farm box delivered to my house from this organic farm that's 20 minutes away. And uh, this organic farm produces a tremendous amount of amazing amazing produce. So just yesterday, I got this beautiful bin full of uh, squash and uh, potatoes and carrots and all kinds of fall um you know crops and and i just take it and it's it's like everything i need for myself for for the next week and it's fantastic 
And then all of my fresh herbs are growing behind me and they get bring me a tremendous amount of joy. But uh, I, I personally don't have the time with, um, you know, running the business to and being on my own to manage uh, a garden. I mean, I, I actually went a little bit too too crazy once and I planted like a whole bunch of cherry tomatoes and a whole bunch of other herbs and, and kale and things on my, my patio. And I ended up with uh, more than I could manage just with that. You were um, too good at gardening. You were just too good. <laughs> it's, it's just when you give plants a lot of sun and, uh, and you know, good, good planters and watering, they, they take off and then you find yourself running behind on harvesting. But um, I think once you have a partner that helps a lot, like if you've got, if you've got um, kids or you have husband or wife or whatnot, I mean, that, that makes a big difference. If you're on your own, it can be overwhelming. So I, I like to keep it simple for myself and let the farmers nearby do the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I think the community element, I preach this a lot because I live in the suburbs. I am five minutes away from three grocery stores. Like I have every convenience, but I don't think the convenience is, is building any character and it's certainly not helping the environment or our health or anything of that yeah. nature. And so engaging in the local community farm has brought me so much joy, like a sense of community, great relationships. And then of course, like farm goods, produce, that's all brought to us with fair wages and healthy soil. And so I think that whichever path you take, engaging even in a more community focused pursuit of sustainable living, you know, I think it's, it's just as valiant, I suppose. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's a, something that I get a lot of joy out of personally in that, like, I don't have the time to have a big garden myself, but I am really enjoying connecting with my local community through community supported agriculture and, and CSAs are everywhere. And I, I recommend you know, anyone that um, can just, just do a little Google say like, look, look for CSAs in their neighborhood and you'd be surprised if they, that, that within half an hour or even an hour of you, you'll probably find like a, a farmer that has a CSA program that you may not have even know existed and you can sign up for it and you sign up in the spring and then you get a whole, season of um you know weekly or bi-weekly fresh fruits or vegetables delivered to you from that farm and then nice thing is that a lot of these uh, farms have emails and they'll send you updates on you know the plants as they're growing and the activities around the farm and you feel much more connected to your food and where it's coming from for sure people behind it so tell me more about earth easy um i'm a huge fan of the brand the company what you guys offer because I feel like it. You guys really approach things from a like, how can we help perspective? Like you're truly about being a resource and not just um, like a shop, like a business. Um, and so, I would yeah. love to know how you guys have approached building the business um, with that in mind. Yeah, definitely. So the website RuthEasy.com was created by my uh, father in around the year 2000, and he. Um, wanted to basically share what our family has learned from gardening and living off grid, and he didn't, there weren't any good resources available, especially not online at the time. And so he borrowed three thousand dollars from his sister to buy a laptop and go take courses in a community college. Like he, he did night classes in a community college to learn how to make websites, and he literally made the website. In by hand coded individual HTML pages. It wasn't even like WordPress at the time. So um, it was just physical, like individual pages of HTML linked together. Uh, and they were all kind of 
broken down into different aspects of sustainable living, um, including you know, things like water conservation and organic clothing and and um, you know off grid living and gardening. And he just chipped away at the the website for um, about seven or eight years, just by himself, kind of chipping away, just writing articles. And never really making much money from it. And it was just all ad- advertising and he, he, he wasn't that great at monetizing it. So it just kind of, you know, was bringing in very, barely any money. And, uh, but it had over a million people a year coming to view the, the, read the articles and read the website. And he was ranked number one for things like composting and race garden beds. And uh, he actually ranked number one for hybrid cars and was <laughs> like outranking Toyota because he had the most comprehensive article at the time on hybrid cars. Uh, and oh yeah, so he ended up becoming to write a book. Am I missing it if they have already written a book, but no, they haven't written a book, but, um, they're too busy with harvesting plums and <laughs> tomatoes <laughs> to do anything else. So, um, so I'm sure if they had time, they would write a, a book, but, um, yeah, they're, they're just constantly running around, but, uh, yeah, the, the, um, the website actually became quite, quite well known. It was referenced in like Al Gore's book and inconvenient truth and was, uh, you know, referenced by a lot of different leading um, sources and was nominated for awards. And it was, yeah, it was getting a lot of attention, but again, no real uh, revenue. I mean, millions of people getting eyes on a website for a man who just like is living off the grid and figuring out as he went is incredible. Uh, And so you guys have become like such an amazing resource for sustainable living and really outfitting people with what they need. Um, I'm curious how much of what you guys brought to the table, um, was informed by experience and then how much did you guys come up alongside your community and start offering things people were like asking you for? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we, we have been trying to expand our content, um, on a regular basis based on what people are asking us, questions people have. And we regularly get people, um, our customers and, and readers, emailing, asking very specific, very niche questions about gardening that uh, can only be answered by really experienced gardeners. Mm. And so we'll, all of our, our writers and our editors, and we have you know a wonderful full-time uh, content creator and writer with us who's, who's, um, who has a huge garden, and she's an incredibly experienced gardener, and she's an amazing writer. And, um, and so Shannon's, uh, Shannon's articles and Shannon's experience is, is instrumental and has been for quite a few years with us. And then I guess the bulk of the content that was created by my dad was, was all from his own experience and our, the neighbors in the community that, that were also like expert gardeners. For example, our next door neighbor on Mosquito, he lives over the hill. He's this, um, him and his wife were this, this German, uh, couple that had moved to the island, um, when they were in their, in their. 30s and basically just kind of re- they were retired one was a was a physics professor and spoke like 12 languages and the other is a mathematician so they're incredibly intelligent very uh uh curious and and, and uh intellectual people who dedicated their entire uh, retirement to this huge garden and 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 uh, farm basically right next door to us and so my parents would go over and get their advice on on how to grow their their garden and and um and they learned so much from from them, so it's really a, a community thing. So a lot of the articles on our website are are informed by neighbors, by uh, by mentors, and by uh, really seasoned, experienced people who have had fifty years of gardening experience and and uh, just know from from doing it. 
And then, um, yeah, like we have some, some of the most niche content that you could, you could imagine when it comes to like specific elements of gardening. Like we've got an article on how to build your garden on a slope, if you've got a, a sloped garden and how to deal with that and, and like the types of soil to use and, and, uh, what t- types of plants are best for the economics of gardening. So if you want to like, get the best bang for your buck for gardening, you know, what to plant. Uh, so there's, there's quite a, a range and, and we're adding more articles and guides every single month. And, uh, and that's just in addition to our, our products. That's amazing. I think well, that niche content is really becoming more mainstream as people uh, become more excited about gardening. Something that I think is great about your business and about the experience that you guys have. I talk about this a lot is like, I'm mostly interested in consuming gardening content that predates the internet. <laughs> because it's true wisdom. It's validated by experience. It's not like recycled content that just has the best SEO. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel Mm -hmm. like we're in an age right now where information is so abundant. It's just, it's watered down. So I'm always looking for like super niche, like true experienced information in the space, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like you guys bring that to the table, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, my 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 mom has a collection of handwritten notes that she has in in binders that are like you know lessons and observations and recordings from from, from thirty years of her gardening and uh, she has you know this, these these folios of all this like crop rotation and like all this data and uh, and it's it's like we've never had a chance to really go through and see if we can digitize it but. That's um, such a treasure. It, it is a treasure, yeah. And then, then she also gave me this wooden box that were her, like her grandmother's handwritten recipes that are uh, from you know that that are from like my, my grandmother who lived through the Great Depression basically, and and you know it was her grandparents, and it was just just so wealth of knowledge that, that is free internet that um, would be wonderful to, to 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 kind of bring praying to the public in some capacity in the future. But for now, it's like one of those things where, you know, it's on a shelf. I mean, not every incredible thing has to be monetized, but like, can we get that cookbook into the fold, like, and sell it on the site? Like, let's go. Yeah. It's something that, that I'm seeing more now with, with, uh, some of my peers, like the Island that I grew up on released a cookbook, like you say, mm. uh, a few years ago, and it was called the you know, community cookbook, and it was a collection of recipes submitted by the matriarchs of the island, mm. and it and it's fantastic. Ugh. It's fantastic, yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. We had um, when I was growing up, I grew up in Northern California, Sonoma County, um, and we spent a lot of time for a while. I lived in a place called Freestone, which is near Bodega Bay, and these are like tiny towns in the middle of nowhere. Some of our best friends to this day, they were like OG living off the grid. And I remember we'd go visit and I'd have to go to the bathroom in like the outhouse, you know, and they never had, everything was candlelight and kerosene, similar to how your parents live. And even then to date myself, you know, 30 years ago, um, it was kind of wild, but they, that was sort of remnants of some like commune living in the area, but Mm -hmm. they always had those spiral bound cookbooks from like the community, you know, and like, Nowadays, some of the ingredients would be legal. Back then, it wasn't. But there was always, you know, all <laughs> this craziness. And um, but it was really special. And I think the people in the community 
just the character and the resilience and creativity. It's just some of my favorite people and some of my favorite stories came from that time of my life and and sort of that style of living and that community centeredness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an, it was a very special time in, in history where people decided that they wanted to just do their own thing and, and get back to the land, the whole back to the land movement. Uh, was it was a beautiful and amazing time, and I feel like we we might be returning to that in some capacity because the children of the baby boomers have now become parents who are interested in, in gardening, and uh, it's I think it's creating a kind of a new wave of of an interest in gardening. I think it's fantastic. Totally, I totally agree. I think we're having another like renaissance when it comes to that, where people are able yeah. to really lean into that, get excited by it. Um, yeah. Okay, so when it comes to Earth Easy, I feel like um, maybe we get to break the news here. But what is new and what's next? Yeah, so we are constantly trying to be more relevant and provide more value uh, through our, our business as well as our um, our products. I mean, one thing that we're launching right now is a loyalty program to try to encourage people to um, refer friends. So we have like a Give 20, Get 20, uh, where you know if you buy... Um, order from us and you get $20 in, in credit if you refer a friend and they get $20 off their order. So that's uh, that's new and uh, new loyalty program, which is exciting. And then we also are launching a whole line of new Cedar products. We have an exclusive mm-hmm. relationship with a wonderful manufacturer in um, Oregon and they um, are a small family business that produce really high quality Cedar planters for garden beds. And they just launched a whole lineup of these really beautiful cedar uh, trellises uh, mm. that you can add to your planters or garden beds and they're they're just fantastic there's just wonderful high quality uh, local cedar products that you can have an a-frame trellis that you can put over top of any plant for a raised garden bed and then have your herbs or tomatoes or, or beans or whatever grow up and, and form this beautiful kind of a-frame uh, garden so that so that's new to the site we're excited to start promoting that and launching them and uh yeah, we're we're just kind of constantly trying to find the highest quality um, and best kind of niche gardening products. So we we don't have a huge catalog, but it's it is it is uh, high quality. I'm gonna snag some of those A frames because I always build mm-hmm. my own, and I as much as I love that, I think I'm ready to invest in some like dialed in. Um, yeah. But I'm really excited, and you and I have chatted a little bit offline about this. Um, I recently really wanted to gift my gardening knowledge and a garden setup to a family. And we found someone locally who um, is a really sweet family and they're renting. I believe they do some even like missionary style work, but they have children with special needs and they're really interested in um, just living really down to earth. And so I wanted to gift them with a garden, like I said. And so um, I think you guys have been generous enough to help me do that with a raised bed and I'll be documenting the process. And uh, I think it's really beautiful to just help people that may not be in the position to totally stock up on everything. So I'm really excited about that. That's fantastic. That makes me really happy. Yeah, I think it'll be good. But I, I just love what you guys are doing. So um, obviously everyone can find you guys at eartheasy.com and then you're online on Instagram, anywhere else that anyone can find you. And then I have one final question for you. Yeah. Facebook and, and Instagram is great. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. My final question is 
Um, what is your favorite book? Uh, gardening book and or otherwise, what's your fave? Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the things that really inspired my parents with the off-grid living was um, a kind of generation-defining publication out of the, uh, from 1975 called the Whole Earth Catalog. And mm. you can actually Google it and you can view the entire thing online for free at archive.org. But uh, it's it's a very interesting kind of timepiece and it uh, inspired a lot of people to get into gardening, get into off-grid living. So it's called the Whole Earth Catalog. And they reference a book that um, you can find on Amazon. Uh, you can find, I'm sure, in many places. And this is kind of the first book on organic gardening. And it's called How to Grow Vegetables and Fruits by the Organic Method. And it's, uh, I think, first publication was 1965. And um, very, very cool, you know, illustrated you know, photographs. Uh, very cool, um, uh, authentic kind of pre-internet uh, book that has a tremendous about. amount of knowledge, like a tremendous amount of knowledge in it. So um, that was, th- those books really uh, inspired um, my, my parents and got, got them started. And it's uh, very interesting. Awesome. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm going to buy that second one. Because this is like the knowledge that we're talking about. But I think it's really cool to have the Whole Earth Catalog. I've heard about that as well. Um, on. Free online for people, which is incredible. Amazing. This is great. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time to hang with me today and share just about your background and what you guys are up to. It's super, super inspiring. And I'm really grateful to just to know you and to be a part of it. Thank you so much for your time, Bailey. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.